You are listening to The Jungian Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. On this episode, Dave speaks with Emily Whittier by phone. They discuss farm stress and what you can do about it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on The Onion Podcast. I am Dave Alexander with Onion World Magazine. And uh, today we've got a little bit of a serious topic. The name of this episode is Farm Stress and What You Can Do About It. And we are going to be talking a little bit about suicide. So if that is something you're not up to feeling today, Please feel free to skip today's program. All right, so with that out of the way, um, I'm going to uh, now bring on our speaker. That is Emily Whittier. And Emily is with Washington State University Extension and is one of the farm stress and agribility coordinators. Um, she's going to tell us about extreme stress that farmers can face and things to do if you are feeling that stress. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Um, Why don't you give us a quick synopsis of your background and what do you do in your job? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here with you, and I appreciate you making this space on your podcast for this kind of conversation. I agree that it's a little bit difficult, but also really important. So grateful to be here. Um, so as far as my background, I'm originally from New England, mostly grew up in New Hampshire. I grew up in 4-H and I spent most of my life in rural areas and working either within or adjacent to the food system and farming. I got my professional start with extension in 2020 when I started working a temporary community food systems role for Oregon State Extension Service. And I supported the farm stress program at Washington State University Extension for a bit in 2021, but I've officially been working with the farm stress program since February of 2022. Um, And as for what my role entails, so I do a bunch of different things as a farm stress and agribility co-coordinator. So a big part of my job is outreach and education. So bringing awareness to farm stress and agricultural suicide, Um, those activities include tabling at conferences, presenting at meetings where farmers or folks in agricultural professions or service providers and community members might already be attending and kind of could hear some of of, a little bit about the work that we're doing. I also do resource connection, so compile resources, promoting them, and I connect farmers with the resources that they need. And I also do some event coordination, so planning events related to farm stress. So some examples are We plan financial planning workshops where farmers have the opportunity to learn from a local ag economist to address some of the root financial stressors of farming. And another example of some of the meetings and trainings uh, is QPR training. So QPR stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer, and that's an evidence-based suicide prevention method. And our goal there is to saturate the community with suicide prevention knowledge and kind of make people more comfortable with having those conversations. Okay, um, so we're gonna. That's what we're gonna talk about, audience. So if that bothers you, please turn away now. Uh, but I cannot let you get to that topic that's this quickly until me until you tell me what it's like living in the Western U.S. versus the East Coast. 
I think that they both absolutely have their benefits. Um, it's actually not my first time living on the West Coast. I spent a little bit of time in the Tri-Cities, Washington, and a little bit of time in Toulouse, Washington. And I think that New Hampshire and Oregon kind of remind me of Vermont and New Hampshire in a lot of different ways, uh, which I cannot speak for everyone who has lived in both of those places. Um, but I like... I like a lot of different aspects. I really like the ability that the West Coast um, has to produce a lot of food. In New Hampshire, we're the Granite State. Um, we have really long winters, rocky soils. It's, people are doing some amazing, amazing things with food production, but it's not as natural um, or as abundant as just the vast amount of land and sun in areas on the West Coast and longer growing seasons. Um, but I found in my work with rural areas that they have really unique experiences, but also kind of shared values and way that rural community is built. And I find that those are really transferable um, from rural community to, to rural community. Okay. If that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I, I just wanted you to say you like the West Coast football teams better than the East Coast, but but that's okay. <laughs> we, let's uh, let's get into our topic here today. Um, why is um, the WSU Extension working on farm stress? How did how did this program come about? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's actually increased conversation and concern around farm stress and agricultural suicide all over the country. And in Washington State, we're really lucky to have access to a few different funding sources that let us do this work through actual positions at extension. So I specifically am funded through the Washington Department of Health and um, a suicide prevention initiative there. And so broadly, as that kind of suggests, our farm stress programs are focused on reducing agricultural suicide. So the statistic that we usually share is that farmers so specifically folks in the agriculture, fishing, and forestry fields, die by suicide at a rate two to three times the national rate. So actually a 2016 report by the CDC found that suicide was responsible for 90 deaths per 1,000, or excuse me, 100,000 for men in these professions, compared to a national average of 16 deaths by suicide among the general population. Uh, and some of the reasons for that is that Many farmers occupy overlapping demographics that are at high risk for suicide. So folks in rural areas are at a higher risk. In Washington state, folks in rural areas died by suicide at a rate 24% higher than the Washington average rate. Um, and having access to lethal means, such as a gun, increases suicide risk. And so in 2020, firearms accounted for over 50% of suicide deaths. Wow. Two to three times the risk um, if you are a farmer versus the regular population. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. What, um, what are some stressors for farmers? What, where is the stress coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So after hearing those numbers, you're probably wondering why those numbers are so high. And that's because the stressors for farmers are varied and abundant. And while they can differ from farmer to farmer, folks are going to encounter some of these stressors kind of regardless of where they are in agriculture. So we've got production stressors. So unpredictable weather um, and pests and diseases, both of those things can impact your entire crop. And we've got machinery breakdowns. Not only can those 
impact production, but they're also very costly, um, accidents and injuries. So farming is very dangerous and farmers are at a high risk of injury. We've also got financial stressors. So really high input costs um, this past year, especially volatile economic market, tariff and trade conflicts for some farmers, uh, irregular pay cycles. And then we also have the cultural stressors. So farmers work really long hours. It's not just a nine to five Monday through Friday job. Um, There are family dynamics and intergenerational pressures. So on some of these multi-generational farms, there's that pressure to carry on the family legacy. And when you're facing something that could jeopardize that, you don't want to necessarily be the one um, risking changing that family legacy. Um, And then there are also changes in technology and changes in regulations. And those things can really impact the systems that farmers have gotten used to and how they do their work. Um, And also just overall, it's a high pressure job. So producing food and crops is really important. And that high pressure comes with a lot of stress. So if we were to just just maybe sum up these stressors, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's fear of the unknown. It is, will the crop come out? Will it be decimated from disease? Will I be able to make a profit? Am, am I hearing you correctly? Absolutely. And I think what you're really getting at is that a lot of these are outside of farmers' control. So, when a lot of folks have pressures or stresses in their lives, there are usually some that you can control and some that you can't. And with farming and agriculture, there's just a really high number of things that you can't control. Yeah. All right. Um, So what are some signs of stress? Yeah, absolutely. So community is really important in identifying folks in crisis. So even if you're listening to this today and feel like maybe it doesn't apply to you, I'd encourage you to keep these signs in mind and look out for them in your neighbors, your friends, and your family members, because you're going to be the best advocate and support system for the people that you know the best. So the signs I'll discuss today, it's not an exhaustive list, um, but so we mostly encourage people to watch for all kinds of unusual changes, you know, kind of linking back to the fact that you know the people that you interact with best, um, So some of those changes to look out for can be lack of energy or lack of motivation to do usual tasks, maybe loss of interest in favorite activities, absence from regular activities, so sudden happiness or calm after being agitated or upset for a period. That one can be surprising to folks. You might think, oh, this person is doing better now, Um, and sometimes that's the case, but it's also not always the case and sometimes can be a sign that someone is at risk. There's also, you know, alcohol and or substance abuse and addiction, withdrawing from others, increased relational tension, um, and then some you know, suicide risks or suicide signs are you know, giving away cherished possessions. And sometimes that can be associated with direct or indirect clues, saying, like, I won't be here anymore, uh, but I'd like you to have this. Um, and then there you know, some of the risk factors there are loss of an important relationship. So a family member, a mentor, um, a neighbor uh, being fired or expelled, you know, an unwanted move, a change in the land, um, and kind of anything big and life-changing is really something to 
notice and look out for how it's impacting your community. And that those all make a lot of sense. So, um, what do we what do we do if we're feeling stressed or or overwhelmed? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'd like to answer it in two parts. So, please first, I'd like to talk about you know before we're stressed and overwhelmed, and how we can set ourselves up for less stress, and that's building resilience. So, farming is not. For the faint of heart, farmers are already incredible, excuse me, incredibly resilient people. So building in resilience to stress can help serve farmers better long term. And, you know, it doesn't take anything you haven't heard about before. There's eating three meals a day. So sit for them as often as you can. Eat some vegetables, quality protein, complex carbohydrates. If possible, eat a range of different foods. Uh, stretch. Stretching can make you more comfortable and it can reduce your risk of injury. The AgriAbility program actually offers some great farmer-specific stretches. You can find the national website by just searching AgriAbility, and that's A-G-R-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. That's a national program uh, with 21 state chapters. So also connect with loved ones or friends on a regular basis, build a supportive community. Also preparing for stressful events can make you more resilient to them. So make a business plan. Keep records to help you anticipate expenses and plan for upcoming years. So write things down. Meet with a business or a financial consultant. At WSU, as I mentioned a little bit with some of our event planning, we have an economic specialist on staff who can meet one-on-one with farmers to provide financial expertise. And small business centers and rural economic development organizations can also be great places to seek out support if you're not listening to this from Washington. And also, you know, make a plan for if things don't go well. Do you know your local agricultural mediation center? You know, there's one in every state for big disputes, such as conflicts with the USDA. And there are also mediation centers, often that provide fighting skill services, that can help you if you have a dispute with a business partner or a family member. You know, often in farming, your business partner is your family member. So bringing in that neutral third party can be a valuable resource to expedite a resolution and maintain a relationship. And then to get back to your original question, you know, what should we do if people are feeling stressed or overwhelmed? You know, like, okay, I did all that, or I didn't, Mm -hmm. and now I'm stressed. What can you do? You know, every person is going to find that they relax and reduce stress a little differently. So I like to focus my attention on my body. So because even though so much stress is mental and emotional, we hold that in our whole body, and it has very physical impacts. So first, you know, remove yourself from the situation if you can to process it. And in that moment when you're removing yourself from the situation, movement is a really important process. Movement can help your body complete the stress cycle. So walking, jogging, you know, dancing, shooting hoops with your child or neighbor, mm-hmm. something that lets you get back into your body and release some of that tension is going to have a really valuable physical impact that will then provide a mental impact. So deep breath, you know, we hear this one a lot, but it's because it it can actually work. So if you inhale for a few counts, hold it for a few counts and release it for a few counts um, and do that. And that's, that's, that's something, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that, that's something that you can do at, at any time. You don't have to get off the tractor to do that. If, If you're sitting there thinking about everything that's gone wrong today, do that. Do that breathing exercise. 
Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Dave. That's a, a great point. You can do that anywhere. And it just makes you pay attention to your breathing because you usually don't have to count about it. So doing that is going to have an impact wherever you are, whenever you're doing it. Okay. Um, and then the last thing to do, if you're stressed at all, add today is, you know, seeking out support. So call a friend or family member, you know, depending on your cell phone service, that could also be something you do from the tractor, um, you know, and also you can seek out support from a healthcare provider or counselor if you're interested in that. There are lots of telehealth options that allow you to get support in the comfort of your home, and I'll make sure to share some of those numbers. So you've you've given us um, some ways to to de-stress and um, exercise, breathing, and reaching out to other people, uh, reaching out to professionals if for if for instance it's financial. Uh, any other resources you'd like to mention? And and I and I'm I'll tell you we'll put a list of resources in the show notes of the podcast so that people can get back to those anytime. But are there any other resources that you can think of? Yeah, absolutely. So one resource that we like to share a lot for folks, you know, before they're even feeling stressed or wherever they are in the stress cycle is farmstress.us, a really easy URL to remember. That's maintained by an organization called RASUP, and that's the Western Regional Agricultural Stress Assistance Program. And they maintain a resource clearinghouse that you can sort by the state that you live in and the kind of resource that you're looking for. You know, it's got financial support. It has all kinds of things that you might be looking at or interested in, and you just want to know what's out there. RASUP does a really excellent job maintaining that, um, at least for a big chunk of Western states. There's also the Farm Aid Hotline. So that phone number is 1-800-FARM-AID. The actual number is 1-800-327-6243. We have some Farm Aid Hotline operators right in one of our Washington Extension offices. So they answer calls from farmers in Washington and can help connect them with the resources that they're looking for. And those folks have experience in farming. So if you're experiencing some of these agricultural stresses, it's so valuable to listen to somebody or to talk with somebody who knows what you're going through and can really relate and doesn't, you know, give you tips that don't make any sense in an agricultural context. Yeah. So the Farm Aid Hotline is a really great resource for that. Well, and that's some immediate help someone can get rather than doing the research and going on online or whatever, dial your phone. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if you are in crisis or somebody that you know is in crisis, we do like to emphasize that you don't have to be the person struggling to call these other numbers. So the suicide prevention hotline, you can reach them at two numbers. Um, They have a brand new number, 988, make that a really quick call, easy to remember. Hmm. Um, You can access it when you need it. And then the expanded number is 1-800-273-TALK, which is 1-800-273-8255. And that will get you into touch with a person. You know, whenever you call, whoever you're calling for, you can talk to somebody who is a trained professional to help you with that crisis. And if you don't want to talk on the phone or you want to know how to better support someone and, you know, you want to do a little bit more discreetly, maybe you're with them, there is a crisis text line. And that number is 
800-741-741. Okay. And uh, again, what we will add all of this contact information to the show notes. So that's there and available anytime that you need it. Um, one thing we always like to do, Emily, is, is just see if anybody, uh, if you've got some parting advice for farmers or any other, any other messages you'd like to put down today? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, if it's okay, um, there are a couple of things that we typically like to share, you know, yes, these numbers are great, but kind of what else can you do if you think someone close to you is at risk? Um, so is it all right if I share a couple notes on that? Of course, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So we'd like to stress that it's really important to keep an eye on your fellow farmers. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, one of the best resources farmers and folks in rural and agricultural communities have is one another. So as an example, you know, at the last farm finance and farm stress event I organized, two-thirds of the attendees learned about the event from one singular farmer there. So all of those folks were people really clicked in to what's going on in their community, you know, really knowing like who's up to what. Uh, and they're going to be the people who notice if a fellow farmer isn't attending something that they usually would. So it's so important to learn the risk factors and warning signs if you want to be able to help support someone or know if someone's at risk. You know, um, you can also check in with a friend by a phone or a text message to see how they're doing and show that you're thinking of them. You know, if you don't want to call or text, maybe invite them to meet for coffee or to share a meal. And also prepare yourself to have these resources available if you're worried about someone. So familiarize yourself with local resources so you can help connect someone who is struggling. You know, we know it's not easy to ask for help. It can take someone days, months, or even years to be ready to ask for help. And if that, if there's some delay, you know, if that opportunity isn't ready, people might change their minds or make excuses because it, it was so difficult to ask for in the first place. So be ready to help your friend or family member or neighbor by familiarizing yourself with the local resources. So that RASA website is a great way to kind of look and know what's in your state for different things that might be needed resources in your community or with the farmers that you know. One thing we maintain in several counties here in Washington is a guide to local healthcare options, what they offer, you know, what insurance they take, what languages they offer, et cetera. So that way folks have this easy reference that has, you know, answered as many unknowns as possible to make them confident and informed when making that call. And, you know, if you're concerned that someone you know is very stressed and might be at risk of suicide, have a direct conversation. And asking about suicide does not cause harm or elevate risk. And if, if that sounds a little bit intimidating and you're interested in a training to help support you, I'd encourage you to seek out a QPR training. Again, that's question, persuade, and refer, or you know, mental health first aid training. All of those things are tools that will help prepare you to support someone who is struggling to just kind of make those conversations easier and help you build the confidence to know how to be that support system. And I think just for parting advice, you know, for farmers, you're the most valuable tool on your farm. You are a valuable part of your operation, your community, and there are all these resources out there if you're having a hard time. The farming is really stressful. And while that was the focus of our talk today, um, 
it's really important to emphasize and remember that it is possible to reduce that stress and to improve your well-being. It's not a fixed state. Um, there, there is hope and there are resources, there are support systems to kind of help you be what you want to be and be more comfortable and successful in your life. All right. Very good. Um, Emily Whittier, thank you for joining us on the podcast today to discuss this difficult topic. Uh, we really appreciate thank your you time. So much, Steve. Yes, uh, we, we really appreciate your time. And if this helps one person, we will have done a good thing. So thank you again. Look at the show notes if you'd like to get that information. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for listening, everyone. views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. We do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates.